Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we're going to be speaking with Simon Dufour of Holland Company CPA Firms. Welcome, Simon. How are you today? I'm good, Ellis. How are you? Good, man. Great to have you on today. Appreciate you jumping on. Um, yeah, for sure. Holland Company, you guys are a full-service consulting firm. Uh, you guys do everything from the assurance side, the advisory side, the tax side. You guys are basically the full-service gamut. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we you guys do. Yeah, so we do just about everything. Uh, anything that you would expect from a, a, a big four midterm or uh, a national CPA firm in that we have our, like you said, audits, reviews, uh, compilations, bookkeeping. We take uh, companies public in Canada. We, we work with companies that are um, trading uh, on uh, the OTC or at NASDAQ or any of those areas. We also do tax services. We have our own internal state and local tax department. We have our own international tax department. We have our own uh, internal cost segregation department. We have our own internal research and development tax credits, which we've been successful in getting for uh, some people in the cannabis industry as well. Uh, the difference is that we just have the one office, so we don't have the overhead or we don't have the, uh, the red tape that a lot of those big firms have. So we have uh, our, our rates are significantly lower to begin with, and we don't charge cannabis rates like uh, a lot of uh, professional services do in this industry. We just don't feel like that's the right thing to do. We're not in here to make a quick buck. We're in here for the long haul. We believe in the industry. And uh, so we, uh, we, we are investing in uh, the startup phase right now. Well, my company used your service and we greatly appreciate it. I can vouch for their pricing is definitely the reason why we went with them because definitely these guys <laughs> will price, price guide you out there for sure. So, um, yeah, thanks. so um, you, you've been doing this CPA work since 2001. Uh, through one of my last conversations I had with you, you mentioned to me that you were doing a lot of the action sports sides of the CPA stuff yeah. in Southern California, California in general. How did you jump into the cannabis side? How, how did that crossover happen? It was kind of because of the fact that I was doing a lot of the action sports stuff, actually. You know, I've, like I said, or like you said, I've been doing this for uh, nearly 20 years now. And over that time, I really became known as kind of the action sports CPA being in the apparel space in Southern California. Uh, a lot of these action sports guys started migrating over into the cannabis space. I mean, the lifestyle is very similar. Um, the, uh, the attitude is very similar. Uh, you know, right now, you know, it's all about branding, branding, branding. And these guys, that's, that's what they've done for their entire careers, work on branding and developing a brand that resonates with the consumer. And so they kind of started migrating over and they were like, hey, Simon, can you help me with uh, my new cannabis company? And uh, so that's, that's kind of how I migrated over. I mean, my, my first four or five clients were all from uh, apparel guys from the action sports space. So it's an easy, natural fit. I like it. Yeah. No, it was, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I tell you what, I've probably been, you know, like I said, I've been doing this 20 years and the last five have been the most fun of my career. I love to hear that. <laughs> That's great to hear. <laughs> so as you've kind of come into this cannabis space and you've been seeing existing operators, what are some of the biggest, biggest mistakes that you've seen some of these operators are, are doing? 
I think it's just just not taking their business seriously as a business. That's that's what it is. It really is a business, and kind of that fly by night, fly by the seat of your pants attitude that a lot of uh, manufacturers and cultivators and dis- uh, distributors and and dispensaries have just doesn't work. Uh, you know, get a proper CFO in there, get a proper CEO in there. Make sure you've got the right service providers, the right CPAs, the right attorneys. One of the most important ones is getting the right insurance brokers. Uh, you know, <clears throat> being in this industry, I've seen so many people come in as as service providers that say, "Hey, yes, we can service this industry," but they just don't really know what they're doing. They don't have the requisite knowledge to really uh, do things properly. I mean, the number of times that I see um, insurance policies that are just poor and and not really covering the cannabis it's it's amazing i mean i i, I met with a really well-known brand just a couple of months ago i said well let me see your insurance policy and i didn't even have to send it to any insurance broker i just looked at it and said you guys travelers does not cover cannabis like your your weed is not covered um and th- those are the wow. kinds of things i run into on a regular basis uh you know not having uh proper financial statements prepared on a monthly basis like just get a bookkeeper in there and get your monthly financial statements and sit down and have your monthly financial statement meeting like you normally would with any other business. Understand what your margins are. Understand where your break-even point is. Understand what your key performance indicators are. If you know, you're a reseller, understanding what your day sales outstanding is and inventory by SKU. I mean, things that any other business would take for granted. I go out and I just see this industry just doesn't have in place. It's... Um, it's re- it's really sad, um, but you know, but what we're trying to do is really inject a little bit more professionalism into the market, into the industry, and and we are seeing a lot more of it, kind of migrating more into the professional side of things. But there's still a lot of operators out there that are just like I said, fly by the seat of your pants and trying to make it through day by day. I like to refer to it as the cannabis industry is a bro bra industry. And, you know, it's, it's, we've, we've all come from our basements or a lot of us have, I'm guilty. I'm one of those folks. Uh, and so a lot of folks have not had that acumen, that exposure to business and they're learning the hard way and you mm-hmm. see it firsthand. And uh, yeah. I'm glad to hear you giving some good kind of, um, kind of a tech tips we'll call it or some good habits for these folks to really be paying attention to because we see this quite a bit in the space where these people aren't taking care of their books they don't have a a monthly outlook on what they just did and how they improve the next month and some of Mm -hmm. this is just basic business acumen that everyone's overlooking and a lot of these guys come from their basement they're having to learn and struggle the hard way and hopefully they are getting the right cp PAs in place and, uh, and and can bring the value that they really need because uh, this is where we're seeing just a lot of struggle quite a bit. Yeah, and and they might be able to get by uh, for a little while that way, but as you know, and I'm sure you've run into this situation, eventually you're going to have people that want to invest in the company and they're going to say, where are your financial statements? And the response more than half the time is, well, we don't have any. Um, and, and, and so that's, that's problem number one. Problem number two is when you're filing your taxes, You've got to have good books and records and supportable books and records uh, because and in no industry is it more important than in this industry to really have supportable books and records because of, uh, you know, things like 280E, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But most industries don't have to deal with that. Uh, We do. So we need to make sure that we have very, very detailed uh, and supportable books and records. Are you seeing a lot of folks getting audited by the IRS? This is cannabis. This is a cash business. Um, yeah. Are you guys seeing this? And if they are, I mean, they've got to be in trouble with these folks who have their books in order. It's got to be a pain in the neck. 
It's going to be, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And, and absolutely. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when these companies get audited. Uh, the, the current administration has put a lot of things in the background to kind of fight the state legalization of, of cannabis and really continue the federal efforts to squash it. Uh, one of them being uh, a big IRS initiative. Uh, the IRS has a, a compliance initiative program that's specifically geared towards uh, auditing cannabis companies. So they've hired additional people specifically for the cannabis industry. Uh, I'd say you have a, if you're doing anywhere north of five to 10 million in revenues, you have a hundred percent chance that you're going to be audited at this point. Um, the, the IRS has a specific audit guide under the compliance initiative program uh, that, you know, goes after companies for 280E and uh, those things. But one of the, one of the issues that they, one of the checklists on or one of the points on that checklist on that audit guide is to make sure that companies are filing their form 8300 and you know going back to taking your business seriously the number of times that i've gone out to uh, prospects and said hey so how are you guys filing your 8300s and half the time they say well we're not we don't even know what they are um and for, for those of the listeners that don't know what an 8300 form 8300 report is whenever you receive a cash payment more than ten thousand dollars you are required to report that payment to the irs um and, and so, you know, we've got all these companies that just haven't even filed them. Uh, and the penalties on those can be pretty severe. Uh, it can be up to $25,000 per incident. And you may not have even received wow. $25,000. So, uh, so it's imperative that people go out, take their business seriously, understand all the taxes, understand all the things that you need to do, including the form uh, 8300. That's a, that's a requirement. Um, it, it's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of times people don't understand the taxes that are involved uh, or even understand the industry that they're getting into. They just kind of see it. Hey, Hey, people are making money hand over fist. Well, that's not necessarily the case. As you know, there's, there's a big cash crunch in the industry right now. Um, people aren't as cash flow positive as they expected to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they don't understand the tax situation that is in place. Right. So for example, in California, You've got your your state taxes, which is your cultivation tax. You've got an uh, excise tax. You've got your sales tax. So 25 cents on the dollar when you go to a dispensary in California is going to the state of California alone. And then you have your local taxes, which can be an additional, which can be additional, you know, 15 to 25 percent on top of that. So when the consumer goes out and actually buys cannabis at a legal dispensary, ha- half of that is going to taxes. So um, it's it's tough and and it's, it's driving a big illicit market here in California and in other states as well. Uh, for example, Colorado, your excise tax is thirty percent over there, right? Uh, Nevada is as high as fifty. Nevada is as high as fifty percent. Um, so so it just makes things right for the illicit market to pop up because consumers can go out and get it from the guy who has a backpack down the street yeah. for a third to half of the price. Um, and, and so that's that's kind of one of the issues that the industry is battling. But a lot of people come into this industry without even understanding that. Uh, <clears throat> so and then on top of that, by the way, let's add on the fact that you, the, the legal guys have to pay for all their licenses. They have to pay for their attorney fees to get their licenses or even consulting fees to get their licenses. And then on top of that, you've got the 280E issue, which is a significant issue. And right, a hold, lot of people hold that in. thought before we go there. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to continue on. 
Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on cannabisradio.com. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, I was jumping in here. Okay, um, welcome back. I've got Simon DeFore with Holland Company CPAs. Sorry to cut you off there, Simon. Uh, if you would continue right. on with, the, with with your tax information you're given there. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's let's talk about the the big tax issue that really affects the industry. Uh, and a lot of people don't know about this. I actually taught the uh, Cannabis Business 101 course at the NCIA conference uh, a few months ago. And in, the, in that course, we just asked these people who are coming into the industry and want to start cannabis businesses, do you know what 280E is? And more than half the room did not know what 280E was. Uh, for those of you that Whoa. don't know, 280 <clears throat> yeah, that's scary, right? I mean, how are you going to yeah. get in this industry and, and not know what it, what it is? So for those that don't know, 280E, uh, is a uh, tax law that was put in place back in the 1980s when we had the big war on drugs. Um, and basically, it, it doesn't allow for uh, anybody who's trafficking a Schedule One narcotic to deduct regular business expenses. So these dispensaries that everybody thinks is making money hand over fist, while they can deduct their cost of goods sold, that's all they can deduct only their cost for purchasing the inventory. They can't deduct their rent. They can't deduct what they pay their bud tenders, any other employee costs. They can't deduct their electricity, none of it. So it, the 280E is a, a significant penalty on these companies. Um, in, in, uh, their, their effective total level is close to 80% on average at the dispensaries. And in some cases, it's, it's more than what they actually made. Um, and it's, it's, it's really unfair, and I'd argue that it's unconstitutional. Uh, the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution says that uh, you can't impose excessive fines on businesses or, or individuals, and I believe that this is an excessive fine being imposed on this, on this industry. 
When do you think this is going to change? Yeah. When do you think this will get updated? I know we're waiting on our federal government to enact some things, but what what's the reality behind this? Do you see things being pushed locally or is it all going to be done federally? What do we need to do to overcome this big elephant in the room? Yeah, there, there's a couple of paths out. Um, right now, I think the one that has the most chance of, of getting us through it is the States Act. Uh, which is a, 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 another cannabis act that passed the House that is sitting uh, at the Senate. There have been a number of cannabis bills that have passed the House that are just being blocked by the Senate. Um, this is this is one of them. And what it would do is it would essentially deschedule marijuana at the federal level for states that uh, have uh, legal operating um, a legal operation program. So that essentially would take it off the Schedule One narcotic list for the tax returns and they're no longer subject to 280E. That one actually has 11 uh, uh, co-sponsors in the Senate, five of which are Republicans, so it's got good bipartisan support. It's just being you know, sat on by the uh, Senate Majority Leader and not being pushed forward. Uh, another one, w- w- when I said I believe it's unconstitutional, there was a court case recently that came out uh, where once again, the court upheld 280E but one of the defenses was that, hey, I'm being, you know, this is this is unconstitutional under the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution. Uh, I'm being charged significant penalties, uh, which you can't do. Uh, so although the court upheld 280E, one of the judges actually did dissent, which is extremely rare. The judges never dissent. And one of the d- judges dissented and said, yes, I do believe this is unconstitutional. So it's going to move up the courts. And, and maybe maybe they'll find it's unconstitutional. And I think that's a better path out because, you know, then we can go back and amend everybody's tax returns and get them a bunch of money. Whereas the state act would just move things forward. And they wouldn't be able to amend the prior returns probably. So Dang. at least it's yeah. a step forward. Either way, it's a step forward, which is exciting. Yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're taking a lot of steps forward. I mean, you, I talk about all these bills that are passing the house um, and it's just showing that there's momentum on our side. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it, there, there increases, there's more and more states that legalize it. There's more and more jurisdictions that legalize it. There's more and more legislation that's coming out that's pro-cannabis. So momentum is absolutely on our side and eventually it will be, uh, it will be legal. All right. What are some, uh, s- some major points here that uh, some of our listeners can pay attention to on 280E? What are some of the few things here you can give some guidance on on 280E? The big one, I would say, if you have a management company, you need to stop and take a look at that right away uh, with your CPA. Or if your CPA hasn't informed you that a management company is scary, you need to get a new CPA. Um, you can go look at the alternative healthcare case, which essentially said your management company is subject to 280E. So everybody sets up these management companies and they think, okay, well, I'll just deduct all my expenses at the management company level. It's not going to work. The IRS is going to say that you're subject to 280E at the management company level. Uh, and not only that, that management company income that you charge your other entity is going to be taxed. So the income that wouldn't even have been there had you not had the management company is going to be taxed. So you're paying tax on this phantom income. Uh, the second one I would say is there's, there's a lot of black and white areas within 280E. We know what is 100% deductible. We know what is 100% not deductible. But there is a very big gray area where we're not sure if it's deductible or not, uh, because there is no case law supporting one way or the other. Uh, a perfect example would be a, um, a testing facility, right? 
is a testing facility in the business of trafficking a Schedule One narcotic and subject to 280E? We don't know. All testing facilities right now are currently filing as if they're not subject to 280E, but they, they could be, and that would be a huge, huge hit to them. Um, so, so for operators like dispensaries and cultivators, uh, your CPA should be telling you, hey, these are all the gray areas where we don't know if they're going to allow you to deduct them or not. Uh, do you want to take the deduction and take the risk, or do you not want to? You should be having that conversation. Um, and by the way, when the when the IRS auditor comes in, they're completely inconsistent right now, unfortunately. You can have one auditor that says, yes, this is deductible, and another auditor that comes in and says, no, this is not deductible. So it's it's a bit of a game, and you know, we want to be as transparent as possible and say, hey, listen, we believe that these are deductible because of tax code XYZ. Uh, and not to get into the, you know, the specifics of it, because I don't want to bore everybody with my nerdy accounting stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but those are the things you got to watch out for. Just make sure that you're having a, a open and honest discussion with your CPA about what's deductible, what's not, what are the gray areas, and where your risk appetite is. All right. Well, let's let's take a break. And we come back, I want to jump in here and uh, wrap this up. We'll have about another six minutes left, but I want to dive into a few things here to see if we can arm our, uh, our audience with some information. So we'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart Pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, Smart Pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart Pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million Smart Pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
the cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I've got Simon Dufour from Holland Company CPAs. Uh, Simon, so as we understand 280E, what the major pitfalls are, um, our company has been looking at acquisitions and trying to understand, mm-hmm. you know, businesses that are trying to sell themselves. What are some of the things you can recommend operators looking to sell? Because I'm finding a lot of folks that don't have their financials in place, their taxes, they got these liabilities on taxes that are, you know, two or three years behind. What are some of the things you could give some recommendations on folks who are looking to sell? Because it's a pain <laughs> in my butt to see people aren't organized. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly it, right? It's just like we talked about before. These people are taking their companies seriously. They're not taking the financial reporting seriously. It's going to be very, very difficult to get an investor on board when you can't show them what your financial statements are, number one. How are you going to tell them, hey, this is a successful company. We've got a, a proven business plan when you haven't, when you have no way to prove it. Um, you know, and, and the liability for a buyer when he comes on board with all the 280E expenses that you could have had in the past because you didn't have your books and records in place or you didn't file your financial statements, you're not going to get an investor a warm, fuzzy feeling coming in when you have to deal with all that kind of stuff. Uh, So your valuation is going to go down if you can even get a deal done at all. Um, So, you know, getting good books and records in place is critical. Um, Another one is, you know, just having the right management team in place, right? Get the, like I said, get the proper CEO, get the proper CFO. Um, Show them that you have a good brand. Right, because that's that's really what it's about. Do you have a good brand, and do you have a good infrastructure in place? Are you really running a business that is firing on all cylinders? And that's what investors want to see. But you know, a lot of times we come in and we're just working with these these troubled companies that uh, you know have you know troubled assets that valuation is all bad grade on, and it's it's difficult. And we run into a lot of that, and. Uh, the people that think their business is worth a, a, a lot of money uh, are in for a rude surprise when they realize they just haven't, don't have the good records in place to really support that. I'm seeing this constantly. And, you know, we, I literally been working on a deal for two months. The guy's promising me financials, promising me financials and still don't have them <laughs> in place. And, you know, we're just walking away now. We can't even waste our time on these types of opportunities because if you don't have your books together, what really do you have? You have no true value asking for, mm-hmm. And I tell you, it's a, you're wasting a lot of people's time if you don't have these things mm-hmm. in place. You know, it's a hope and a prayer that you can, you know, give them some type of, um, you know, close on this is what I have and this is what you can get. Yeah. But really, you have no proof of that. And so I think it's a it's a bunch of snake oil medicine out there. For sure. I mean, look, there was a time maybe a year and a half, two years ago, where all you had to do was have a license and somebody who can do a couple million bucks. Done deal. Right. But look at how the market has changed. The change is, the market has changed significantly. Investors are spooked. Uh, you don't have the valuations that you had before. So that's simply not the case anymore. Uh, and what if you want to be bought by a public company, which a lot of company, these companies do. I'm working with a company right now that they signed a letter of intent with a uh, public company, but they have to get their financial statements in order because the public company has to be able to audit them. And it's been dragging on for six months while this company gets their books and records together. They just, they don't have anything to support what they're saying their numbers are. It's not auditable and therefore they can't be bought. The deal still hasn't closed. Oh, I hear this too much. So, um, what kind of words of wisdom do you have for our listeners for 2020? Weather the storm, right? 
uh, 280E will go away one day. Um, we're, we're working on a, a panel here in California to get some tax relief so that we can fight the illicit market. Um, develop your brand. Really get something that really resonates with the consumer. Get some brand loyalty around your brand and get the proper infrastructure in place, right? Have your business running well. That's really what you need to be working on right now because um, that's what's going to make a successful company in 2020 and, and beyond. Um, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy year. And as long as 280E is still in place, it's going to be difficult for any operator. But if you can develop a strong brand and strong infrastructure and a good management team, your company will be successful in the long run. You made a comment earlier that, you know, you've been doing CPA work for almost 20 years now. Working in cannabis has been the best five years. Why do you get up every day? What's your personal drive coming into this <laughs> sector? Why do you why do you enjoy it? What is it that makes you come to work every day in the cannabis space and enjoy it so much? I love helping people uh, and I love helping my clients. And, you know, uh, most CPAs, all you do is you fill out their tax return and you fill out, you audit their financial statements and you go, all right, here's your compliance stuff. We'll see you next year. We're able to provide a lot of additional value above and beyond that, right? Uh, like I said, how many CPAs review people's insurance policies? That doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, I help them get banking. I help them get the proper infrastructure in place. I help them get the right bookkeeping in place. You know, all my clients, you know, thank me regularly because I've helped them above and beyond. Here's just your compliance stuff. We'll see you next year. Uh, I really do a lot to bring more professionalism into the industry. I actually teach the continued professional education to other CPAs and attorneys who want to come into this space. Uh, because look, I can't audit and, and I can't do the tactics for every single cannabis company out there. Uh, and the number of times that I've seen tax returns that are just blatantly wrong is, is mind blowing. Uh, and I don't want people to get in trouble. So I want to make sure that there's more professionalism brought into the space, which is why I go out and do some of these podcasts and uh, teach CPEs and, and all those kinds of things. It's, it's important for me to see this industry thrive. I believe in it. I think that there's a lot of, uh, positive things that can come from the cannabis plant that we haven't even barely scratched the surface of. Um, you know, we need to get proper FDA approval so that we can start doing real medical research on this. Uh, but, you know, we got to fight the big pharma on that. Um, so so I, I, just, I, I believe in this industry. I believe that there's more professionalism to come and I want to see people thrive. Simon, thanks for joining us today. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, to our audience, this was Simon Dufour of Holland Company CPAs. Uh, I'm your host, Ella Smith. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Once again, Simon, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me on, Ella. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.